0: you're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wonderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we are going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. to How She Creates. This week, it's just me hanging out with you. And I am going to tell you some stories. I'm going to share some things that I learned. And um, I'm going to invite you to join me in stories from here. So if you're listening, and you've been around for a while, you know what stories from here is, Um, I will go really in depth into it in this podcast. But if you want to join us, you know you do, um, head over to lauren-likes.com slash gratitude because it's the stories from here gratitude edition and you can use the code howshecreates for a discount and registration closes this Friday, um, October 21, 2, 3, maybe October 23rd. Um, so if you're listening now in real time, hop on over and join us. So let's back all the way up and talk about... What we're going to talk about so i wanted to share a little bit of our story of how we ended up overseas because i know i've shared a lot of this story before in different places and in different kind of snippets and different ways but i've realized i don't think i've ever shared like the long haul story you know kind of going all the way back in time and really answering the questions that i get asked a lot you know in person Um, these are the things that people want to know. So I wanted to back up and tell this story for you because the story of how we decided to move internationally is eventually the story of how stories from here came to be. How many times can we say story? Um, And so I just kind of wanted to share this like beginning to end for you. So I'm going to just like go ahead and dive straight in. Um, If you, if I mention something, I will have it in the show notes that you like want to click on or like see more of um because there will be a couple of those things in here the show notes are at lauren-likes.com slash podcast um and make sure you're on my newsletter too because I send out all the good stuff there lauren-likes.com slash newsletter and if you just scroll up in whatever app you're listening to all of those links should be right there for you okay So growing up, um, as a kid, I did not travel. The first time I got on an airplane, I was in college and I flew by myself, um, from Charlotte to Nashville, which is like a 20 minute flight. It's so short, but it was my first flight ever. And it was completely alone. Um, my mom traveled when I was growing up and didn't take me. And I'm still resentful of that. And I know you're listening to this mother. Um, but I always just wanted to travel. It was just something in me. I was just so curious about the world. Um and I just always knew it was something I wanted to do. I can't really explain it any more than that. I know that as a kid, we had at church, we would have these missionaries come and they would share about their lives overseas, and I was so intrigued and I wanted to do something like that. And then I started reading a lot of books that were about living, you know, people being overseas and it was just something that like hooked me. And it was part of the reason why I became a social worker because I wanted to do international disaster relief. You know, I thought that would kind of like merge all of my interests, which is weird to say that disasters are your interest. Um, but that was what I thought I wanted to do. And so it's just always been something I'm really curious about. And then finally in college, I did start traveling. I went to Nicaragua, went to Russia and Paris. Um, and. Loved it. Of course, obviously, it was just such a natural fit. You know, sometimes you do things that you think you want to do. And you're like, Oh, this is not for me. But this was not that situation. I was like, Oh, yeah, this is definitely for me. I was just so at ease and just loved every second of it. Um, so you know, go through college, I meet my husband, who did grow up traveling, and he had been a ton of places. And in college, he'd done, you know, the big you know, Europe tour on his own with his friend, like backpacking and sleeping in train stations and all that fun stuff. And he also loved overseas life. And so we got married and we remember we both remember where we are in this conversation but we fight over who said it first and so I'm of course convinced that I did that I was like I want to live overseas because before we had gotten married when I was you know single I was looking at programs and things that I could do to live overseas so it, it was really always a plan that I was actively working towards Um, and so we had this conversation we were married our first year we were both in grad school and we said, we want to live overseas. We don't really know how, we don't know what that's going to look like, but we are committed to making that our long-term plan and goal. And from there, we just never bought anything. We just stayed really mobile and agile. We always rented. We, you know, drove the same cars forever that we had paid off. We worked really hard to pay off our debt. You know, we wanted to just be ready whenever the opportunity presented itself. And so, you know, life goes on. We, I graduated grad school. I just happened to get a job at a school. That's the people who hired me, you know, my first job out of school. And I got my school social work certification. My husband was studying to be a teacher, Um, he was working on his doctorate. So, you know, things are kind of starting to align for us here, but we don't even know it yet. And he finds a blog post, and this is like a long time ago. This is like OG blogs. People were like, blogs were not cool then. Um someone was talking about they were teaching music at an international american school overseas. And we had no idea that these existed. Um and so we looked into it and we were like, "Oh my goodness, it's these Americans who get brought over as teachers to teach international students who want an american education, and to do so you have to have, you know, a background in american education." And we were like, oh my gosh, that is us, you know, and so that was it. That was the plan. So we started doing our research and we figured out everything that we needed to do. So when my husband was almost finished, he was finished with his coursework. He hadn't finished his dissertation yet. So he was ABD. Um, We found a job fair in Iowa. So we applied and we made these huge stacks of paper they were you know printed this was before the digital age really and we like glued a photo of us to the front of them and they had our resumes our references our background checks all of these things together statements that we had written and we walked around the University of Iowa in their gym like their I don't know some kind of like conference center it was like a gym and there were tables set up and there were all of these international schools from all over the world so their headmasters had come and they set up a booth and they would have like a little white dry erase board and it would say we need teachers for first grade third grade middle school math a music teacher a science teacher a head football coach whatever they needed and you would just walk around to the tables that um, had a job available for you and you would hand them your resume and they would scan it for about 10 seconds and they would hand it right back and be like, no, thank you. Um, and so that's what we did. We just handed it, got it handed right back, handed it out, got it handed it right back. Um, so it was shocking and so overwhelming, but we realized we were really, really specialized. I wasn't, um, school social worker. He was a, a, you know, high school music choir teacher Um, so it was really hard to find schools that first of all had either of those positions you know I mean here even in the states a lot of schools don't have those and so finding a school that had those positions and had openings was literally impossible so finally we find a school in Korea that needs a choir teacher and they the headmaster tells me that their middle school counselor is likely leaving in a year or possibly sooner, but that they do not have an elementary school counselor. And if I will come and be their substitute teacher, then I can 99% pretty well guaranteed get a counseling job the next year. And so we're like, this is it. This is our shot. So, and we have one day. So we go, we have the interview in this guy's hotel room and He emails us that day and says, "We want to offer you the jobs, you know, with kind of this like contingency plan for me, and you have until tomorrow to decide." And this is just how it goes at these fairs. And so we were like, "Okay, we're not gonna, we're not gonna miss miss out." So we're in the airport, headed home the next day. We're like, "Let's do it." So we take the job, and that's it. This is like January, so we begin the process of wrapping up our lives. We have a giant yard sale. We sell our cars. You know, we say goodbye, we quit our jobs, we get everything done that we can, we pack, oh my gosh, we had no idea what to expect, and kind of our like mentor that they had connected us with was like, oh, you can't get anything in Korea, you need to bring everything that you think you could possibly need, but this guy had been there for a really long time, and I just, he maybe wasn't quite with the times at that time, because this was like maybe there were foreign food stores, there was an Ikea was coming, like, we could get everything we needed. There were like two things that we really couldn't find, like my specific face wash that I got from Trader Joe's, you know. So we packed so much medicine, snacks, just the most random things um, that we thought for sure we're gonna need, so we packed ten suitcases. We had gone to Goodwill and got all of these suitcases, and we loaded them down. They were literally falling apart. They were like duct taped, like shut, because we knew we were just gonna toss them when we got there. And um, we arrived, and everyone made fun of us because we had brought our ten suitcases. And oh my gosh, we took so much clothing. I just that you know, if you've listened to the episode on Minimalism, clothes are such a weird thing for me that. I have had have had so many of and like lugged them all around the world for absolutely no reason. Um but anyway, so we arrived in Korea, they picked us up from the airport, put us in a hotel room, and we were like so disoriented, fell asleep, we woke up the next morning, and I would just never forget waking up and opening the hotel curtains because it was like pitch black by the time we got there and we were so overwhelmed. So I remember opening those curtains and if you've never seen any photos of Seoul it's this incredible city, and it's nestled in the mountains. Like, it's in the foot of all of these mountains, so, and it's called the Land of Morning Calm. So, it's, like, really early. We wake up with jet lag, and I open the curtains, and I just see this city nestled in the foot of this rocky mountain, and it's just covered in fog, and it's so calm. It really is. It's just a image I will never forget. I need to look through my photos. I'm sure I took a picture of it. Um, but it was just a surreal moment. And so that was it. That began our Korea adventure and we stayed there for three years and it was absolutely magical. I mean, there were definitely some problems by the end. I was like coughing up blood. I just developed the worst sinus infections Um, The pollution is really, really bad, and especially with all the flying that we did in and out of traveling, I was just sick all the time by that last year, you know, and, but, gosh, we just loved it so much. There was so much to do, so much to explore, so many places to go. We loved our Korean friends and our Korean neighbors so much, and our, We lived in a very Korean neighborhood. We had some friends who lived kind of more in a foreigner area, but we loved our neighborhood. Um, It was just the best experience we've ever had. But um, I had started a business on the side, an art business, and it had grown and grown and grown. And it was time for me to make a choice because I was working all day hard at school and then coming home and working all evening on my business. And it was miserable for us and, you know, just too much going on. Um, so I was ready. I was ready to quit and try that, you know, and so that was the plan was for me to quit. And then my husband was going to make his decision. Um, so he was ready. He'd finished his doctorate and he was ready to dive into college teaching. And so, You actually have to give your notice a year in advance when you leave places like that because it takes so long to hire people and to get their visas and get people over there. So in October, we had to give our notice that we were not coming back with really nothing lined up, no plans, and start looking. So at some point that fall, around that time probably, I googled International Universities Music Teaching Professor Job. And I found my husband's job. Um, so he applied. He looked into this school. It was the American University of Sharjah. And he applied for it. And uh, maybe in March, April, January, February, uh, February, maybe. I can. I need to look up the exact date. They flew us to the UAE from Korea. We took like a secret whirlwind trip. And... Um, We had this most magical weekend because you got to think it is freezing in Korea at this point. It's dead of winter. We go and it is like a balmy 80 degrees. I'm like sitting out at the pool. We go eat at Texas Roadhouse and Cheesecake Factory and there's an aquarium in the mall. I mean, there's the beach just everywhere. Like the whole country is like a beach and we are so swept off our feet. Um, so we decide we're going to do it. You know, of course, we have apprehensions about living in the Middle East for the first time, and we're sad to leave Korea, but it's time for both of us to move on to something new. So we decide that we're going to move. We pack all of our stuff up again, and, the, you know, we have all our stuff shipped over, and kind of we have this new life waiting for us. But I am heartbroken that we are leaving Korea. I am just so in love the food the people the city the architecture the nature travel i mean it is just my creativity has exploded i will never credit anything more than my experiences in life in korea for my creativity um so i don't know what to do because you know i'm a scrapbooker and i had been trying so hard to scrapbook and i have tons of scrapbooks from that time and journals and things but nothing was like ever really finished and it was like a trip to Thailand would be in a scrapbook or like a couple months of the year would be in a project life book. And so I just didn't have like a thing, you know, like one place where all of my Korea stuff could live besides Instagram. And I didn't want to rely on that because we know, remember, remember when Instagram went down a couple weeks ago and everyone was freaking out, you know, I didn't want to rely on that. Um, to hold my memories forever, and so the 100 day project was coming around, so I decided to join in. And I told a story and shared a photo from our time in Korea. You know, not really like a timeline, but just all of our overall experiences. I picked the most important ones, the pivotal ones, little memories. You know, funny things that I wanted to remember. And for 100 days, I shared on Instagram these stories and photos. And I called it Stories from Here. I called it um, 100 Days of Love from for korea and so many things happened that i didn't expect first of all i completed this huge project which i'm not great at and at the end i got this beautifully printed super simple book that i just used hashtag magic to create with chat books and had all of my photos and captions sent to me and so it is one of my most prized possessions um but for one thing my instagram grew a ton because i was sharing consistently i was teaching i was being personal you know and then people were really connected with me through that. And they were learning so much about Korea and me and our lives. And they wanted more. And then a lot of people started their own projects. They wanted to tell their own stories of their own homes. Um, and so it gave me the idea to create the course Stories from Here. So I took everything that I had learned, I had learned all of these photography skills and these editing skills from taking so many photos and, and really working and perfecting on them and from taking photography classes and just learning so much. Just every time, in, you know, the app, the Color Story app would have an update, I would do like all this research on it and figure out how to use the app really amazingly. And so I recorded a bunch of video tutorials um of how to take great photos, what photos to take, how to edit them. Um I put together kind of a writing guide of how I write such interesting stories. And then I wrote prompts to go along with it. So if you don't know what to take a picture of or you don't know what to write about, I explained them in detail. And so I launched the class and to great success. I mean, it was great. People were loving it and they were doing it um kind of. So I realized that people, myself totally included, so guilty, will take online classes, but not actually do them. And we get really excited. And so I started thinking, how can I make this better for people? And so I turned it into a live version. So twice a year, I go through the class with the students. And so we have six weeks together. So, you know, our six weeks start next week, the last week of October, and we set up our project, we get everything ready, we kind of do our learning and prep and stuff we do that in a live coaching call and then every day in November we share one photo one story using the prompts as a guide Um, and we have live coaching calls along the way so you can get feedback and support and help and whatever it is that you need you know I have students come on and we'll kind of do some like therapy coaching, you know, if they're feeling that imposter syndrome, or they're not sure if it's interesting enough, or, you know, we'll kind of do some technology help if they're um, getting stuck somewhere, or we'll just work through any issues that they're having. And I love it. Oh my gosh, I love the coaching portion of it. And getting to talk through your stories with you and help you work it out. Because I want you to succeed. I believe in the power of this class. Um, and I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes of the things that I've learned from teaching this class and what I've seen people be able to do and accomplish from it. Um, but that is just the most fun part for me is getting to actually like connect with you and chat with you in these live coaching sessions. And we have a private Facebook group where I check in with the students on Mondays. We set our goal for today. I'm going to tell, or this week, I'm going to tell five stories or 10 stories or however many and then on Fridays, I'll be like, poke, poke, how'd it go? You know, did you get your stories done? Where did you struggle? What did you learn? You know, and people just share what they're learning and what they find out. um, And all of those good things in the Facebook group. And so it's really fun because we're doing it together as a community. So you know, on November first, everyone's going to post the introduction post. And on November 2nd we're all going to share a photo of our dog you know and so it's like this like nice kind of snowball effect of you know that group momentum and accountability that you don't want to get behind you don't want to miss out um, and you're not the only person doing it and you can see how other people are interpreting the prompts and so I saw a huge shift in how my students were learning and growing and actually finishing their books when I started running the class live And so that is what I'm committed to doing to make sure people are able to accomplish what they want to. But the story doesn't end there. So I have this class. I have this experience in Korea. And now we've moved to the Middle East. We've moved to Sharjah, the United Arab Emirates. And, you know, we had that magical weekend where it was like such great weather. And we fly in. And wow, what a bait and switch. We walk out of the airport. Have you ever opened an oven that was really hot and like breathed in that hot air? That is exactly what happened. That is what it is like to breathe there. You have to like learn to breathe. It is incredibly difficult um, and painful. So again, we fly in at night, we get picked up and dropped off at our apartment, and we get shown how the, you know, toilets work. If you've ever read my story about that, um, that's another story for another day. But, um, we wake up the next morning and we walk outside and there is not a soul in sight. And it's also 120 degrees. It's so hot. And we literally walk about 20 feet away from our apartment and we're on campus. We're living on the university campus. And we looked around and we said to each other, are we supposed to be here? Like, literally, are we allowed to be outside? Like, what is wrong? Something is not right. And so we took ourselves back inside. And that was kind of the story of our life in the UAE. Um, It was so hot. People didn't go outside. And we lived in a very isolated place. It was out in the desert, about an hour out of the city. And people just didn't go outside. I don't know. We lived there for three years. And I would always be looking out my window like, where? are these people what are they doing I do not know um and so it was just this strange experience and so we moved there and I again have quit my job and I'm working online running my business and I quickly realized that I have gone from having 500 children and 50 teachers that I spend time with every day to no one but me. Literally, there was a point where I was like, should we have kids so I have someone to talk to? Like, I i mean, I didn't know what to do to deal with the loneliness um, and the isolation. And I was going not to a good place. I was so lonely. My anxiety just went through the roof. Like, I have always struggled with anxiety, but never like this. I mean, just anxiety attacks fear of driving, Um, I mean, just out of control, and it was so bad, and so, and I was just miserable, you know, and I was finally like, I got to do something about this, it's just not working, so the 100-day project rolls around again, and I'm like, okay, this is my thing, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to work on some gratitude because, you know, I was going to therapy. I was doing the things I needed to do for those like real issues that I was having. And then I was still having just that like negativity, you know, that struggle to be present where I was and to find joy and color in the days because man, the desert is not colorful. Um, And those were the things that I loved. And so I was like, I know it's here and I know I can find it. I know I can change the situation you know, I can change at least my outlook on this situation. Maybe if I can't change, you know, the whole thing, (laughs) the whole country or where we live. Um, so I said, okay, I'm gonna do a gratitude project. Just really simple. I'm just gonna share an old photo of like flowers that I have saved in my phone and I'm just gonna write one thing I'm grateful for and just like write it on my stories just so I kinda have that like public accountability and I can like save them all together and kinda have a record. Whatever, like low you know, pressure. Well, I start doing it. Um, sharing flower photos, writing something I'm thankful for. And then I slowly start to realize that I'm noticing things again. I notice a new bud on a dead tree, or I notice the very annoying cat problem population we had on campus. Um, I start noticing this sweet cat laying in the sunlight, in a ray of sunshine. I start noticing these cool spiral staircases that we have on the edge of our build apartment buildings. Um, and so not only am I noticing them, but I'm like walking over and taking cool photos and like feeling creative again and inspired. And it really starts to change my mindset. You know, it went from being a thing that I was literally having to write a note to myself, you know, check off, do your gratitude thing, blah, blah, blah for the day to being something I was looking forward to doing every day. I was looking forward to getting outside and finding something beautiful to photograph and really kind of, you know, meditate on its beauty and its creativity and, um, you know, spending time editing that photo and setting up that photo and sharing it and writing about it. Um, and it did. It jump started. All of those things for me that I was missing and changed a lot of my outlook and perspective. And therapy helped too. Um, But I realized, oh, this is kind of another facet of stories from here. You know, the first round, I told the story of our life in an international city that we were not from. So I had big events in there, big, big things. But I thought, what about just simple daily life? You know, the cat snapping in the sunshine, the way I put together the colors in this outfit were really fun today. Um, You know, my husband and his little coffee mug in the morning is so cute. And those things are important, too. You know, those need to be documented, too. And those are just ordinary things that I was grateful for. And so I thought this could be it. This could be helpful for people. And so I started running the Stories from Here Ordinary Gratitude Challenge. Sorry for a little Laszlo interruption there. But I started running this challenge and people were all in. You know, they were in a funk too. Oh my gosh, especially with the pandemic. People needed a creative outlet, a creative project, something to work towards. um, A reminder that there is simple beauty and joy around them. You know, and they wanted to create these simple little books with me. You know, at the end, we put them all together and we make a joy book, and um, people focus on different things. Some people, if you just follow the prompts that I have for you, it creates what I call the portrait of your life currently, you know, and it's your what your home currently looks like, what your hobbies are, who's in your life, all those little things, you know, that add up to make your life. And some people will do really specific focuses. Um, you know, they'll spend a month thinking the people that were really important to them or you know sharing about their hobby because that's what they're really grateful for, whatever it is. Um, and again, we do it live together in November every day. we share a simple post on Instagram and then at the end we have a book printed. And so I've just seen the power of storytelling. Over and over and over again in my own life and in the lives of other people. I had someone who's currently in this round of the course. She shared in our private Facebook group today that she felt like this course was what she needed to get her from living the life she says she wants to live and the life she actually is living. You know, because it's that creative project, that momentum, that habit, that art of noticing. that moves you from one place to the other. And I have experienced that too. And I've seen so many students experience it. And I just wanted to share a couple of the kind of little learnings, the things that I have seen myself and others experience throughout the course, because I think we can all learn something from all of these things. You know, these are kind of lessons I've learned that are applicable to everyone and, you know, in a lot of different seasons. Um, but I've learned them from, like I said, coaching the students, the feedback of the students, watching their projects, um, and just hearing their take on it. And I think the first thing that I've really realized and learned is that perfectionism is just such a biatch. Like, That's what I was saying when I started my gratitude project. I was like, how can I make this so, so simple? Because the bigger and more difficult I make it, the less likely I am to do it. And so I always encourage people like, okay, take your idea and cut it in half. Like, do so much less. Plan to do so much less because the more difficult and spectacular you want something to be, you know, that's the more work it's going to have to be. And it's just going to get so difficult and overwhelming. You're not going to want to do it. Or you're gonna get that fear and you're gonna get frozen and stuck when it doesn't come out perfectly. And so I'm always encouraging my students to just share something. You know, um, I have, like I said, that big writing guide, and students will be like, oh, you know, I'm gonna write um, these big, long paragraphs, but then they get stuck and they're not doing anything. And so I'm like, what? Let's, okay, let's change this. Can you write one sentence? Can you write a list with three bullet points? Um, Can you write one word? You know, you don't have to go big. Like simple is going to be the best way. That's how I'm going to do my project this round. I'm going to share a beautiful photo from my new current life here in Raleigh. And then I am going to make a little bullet point list of things I'm grateful for. That's it. That's the project I want to do because I just want to take more beautiful photos and I want to be more grateful in my daily life. You know, I don't have something big, big that I'm working towards in this round of the project. You know, I've also done the project where I use it as a way to advocate for beauty for ashes or heal and thrive is what it's called now. Um, I'll have a link to that episode in the show notes too if you want to hear more about that program. Um, so that was a really big, important one for me. And I definitely got stuck in the perfectionism of that one of one, because it felt so big. And like I said, literally important to people's lives that I shared well. Um, you know, and so that was kind of my theme for that project last year, but this year I'm going to go really, really simple. And I know I'm going to be able to accomplish it and grow and who knows what it's going to turn into. Cause like I said, last time I did this, Really small, simple project, it grew into this new big, great idea for me, so you know, don't overwhelm yourself with perfection. Like start small and really simple, and let it grow from there, and don't let it stop you from starting, which is a great lead in to the next thing is that I am the Lord every year after this um project is over what projects people take on next. Multiple people are currently writing books from either ideas they had during the class or from the structure they learned from the class, or it was the motivation they needed to get going. Like, I can't believe how many stories from here book babies we're gonna have in a couple years once they're all published. Like, that's crazy to me. Um, Some people have just gone on to do more projects like this to tell more stories and to create more memory books. I have a student who got recognized at his job. He got a writing award. Um, He got asked to do a huge presentation. um, And he's going to start getting paid like extra for it. Because he's using the storytelling skills he learned and the writing skills. Um, And it's making a difference. And people are noticing that. Um, Jamie who took the class. She started a blog to share more of her life as an expat. Because she was shocked at how many people were interested gay was telling me that too that people that she knew she was sharing her project on Instagram and Facebook and people were like oh you haven't posted today when are you going to do your post you know they were waiting to you know read her next story and she had no no idea you know um Cosette started shooting on film you know she got the like courage and motivation that she needed to pull out her old film camera or I don't know if it was a new or old film camera, and start learning to shoot um, on film. Um, Gay also met her BFF in the course. It's like so cute. They, people have so much in common because this group of people are just like you. You know, if you're like, oh, this sounds like a project for me. These people are doing the same Thing, um, as you they they want to tell stories they're creatively curious and they want to share and they kind of want to scrapbook but not with like all that drama of all the stuff they want it to be really really easy um, and so people end up making really good friends like Sarah went to Tracy's house to live paint her gardens which is just adorable they lived in the same you know, generally, generally in the same city and Sarah's a painter and Tracy has the most beautiful gardens. And so she went over to her house and did a live painting session there. and It was so cute. Um, uh, my friend Judy took the class and she told the story of her life in Africa. And now her grandkids, every time they come to her house, they want to look at her book. And, you know, her book is not full of like, Elephants and giraffes and things like you know kids would want to look at. It's just pictures of their little home, of their friends in Africa, and her kids are like, her grandkids are so curious and thrilled. And it was the way she could share that with them without being like, hey kids, you want to scroll through my phone? Um, you know, Jen was telling me that she did her project based on um her childhood. She wanted to. to um, use old photos from her childhood and tell stories and at first she was trying to do it on her own but then she finally needed help of family members to share stories with them and she was going to kind of use it as a gift for them when she was done but she realized she needed their input and she was just telling me how much joy and connection they've found in sharing these stories back and forth with one another. And how much of a gift it has been to her family to be able to relive these these stories, and then at the end she's able to put them all together and give them the finished book um but what a treat what a what a gift you know to do that and you know afterwards students just have so many ideas of things they want to try and they also just feel so confident in their photography skills and their storytelling skills and they're willing to take on new bigger projects and so I love that that's one thing about the class that I absolutely loved is you know you take these ideas that I have given you and you run with them you make them your own you do what you want and over time they evolve into these amazing ideas that are uniquely yours and you have to start. You know that's the thing. Like if you're like, I'm looking for my big idea. You got to start with your small ideas, and you got to kind of roll into them, or start with any idea. You know, start with my ideas. Whatever you need to do to keep the momentum going, and that's how you build up to your next big great idea. Is you do these fun little creative challenges, um, and then you never know where you're going to end up. Um, the next thing that I've really learned is the power of photos and stories. They really do have weight. They connect people. They build empathy. They educate. Um, they are good for healing, you know, as you write out your stories. It helped me so much, you know, to go through this. And and I know that it does for other people, too, when you take time to tell stories. Um, And, you know, the power of photos are, wow, you know, I'm always amazed when I see bad things happening in the world. You know, it's that Mr. Rogers quote, you know, look for the helpers. I also look at the photographers who are in those difficult situations, who are bearing witness to that and bringing that to the world. Um, But also the people who are taking photos of joyful moments. You know, and documenting the things that in 10, 20, 30, 50 years, you missed out on. You know, my great-grandparents fled Austria during the war because they were Jewish, and I don't know anything about their lives before. You know, I mean, I know, like, what I've been kind of told from, like, relatives, but we don't have any photos from that time And I know, you know, now we're like, oh gosh, we tell people everything with social media and like taking photos all the time. But yeah, do you really though? Because think about how many photos you take of your life or whatever, and they just get lost on your camera roll and nothing's done with them. No offense, but I'm not going back through my mom's millions of photos she's taken on her camera roll throughout her life um, and saved on hard drives somewhere. I'm not even doing it for myself. So I don't expect my great grandkids to do it for me. But if I have all these photos and memories in one simple book, that can be so easily passed down and shared. And I would love to read what my great grandmother's morning routine was, you know, so you might think it's like petty to be like, oh, sharing your morning routine, blah. but think about that 30 years from now, 50 years from now. Maybe you'll be like, wow, like look at that morning routine before I had kids or when I had kids or after I had kids. And then your grandkids looking back at that, you know, I just think those are really important things that we should document that we just overlook so much. Those little things like your dog's favorite place to lay in the sun, you know, memories you're not going to be able to get back. Things just change so quickly. Um, The next thing I have really loved and learned so much about is the power of habit and you know this daily challenge you start taking photos every day and editing them and sharing them and that habit first of all habit is how you grow you know if you want to get better at taking photos you can't take one photo today and one photo next month they're not going to be good Um, but if you take 20 photos a day every day. And you study them the way we do in the class, and you edit them, and you work on them, and you share them, and you test them, and get feedback, you are gonna become a great photographer really, really quickly. And so, the habit that you're gonna be forming in this class is gonna help you do that for your photography, your editing, your writing, whatever it is that you're working towards. Um, it's where you really are gonna see the growth. Um, and things just get so much easier when you have routines. You know, I can edit my photos in seconds. Like I can batch edit them all in seconds. I don't even have to think about it. And now sometimes I want to get really creative and play with it. And I love that. But a lot of times I can just boom, put this like perfect filter that I've created for 90% of my photos on and move on. And it's not something that I have to spend time laboring over. Um, and again, it's come from habit. Um, So whatever it is that you want to build, whatever habit it is of noticing, of gratitude, of photography, you know, doing a challenge like this where you have the accountability of someone like me checking in with you, you have that group mentality of everyone's doing it, um, it really helps you form those habits. And so it kind of at first it starts off as a checklist or it's peer pressure, and then you kind of sink into your own routine that you really love, and then it just becomes just a natural habit that you're doing each day. And you just carry it on throughout your lifetime, even after the course is over. And the two last things that I have learned and seen so many people experience more about in this class are confidence and connection. You know, that confidence in your story and knowing the power of your story and, and in the importance of it and doing it for you or for others doesn't matter whatever your motivation is, but, you know, I have people who start out, they're nervous about posting, they might post once or twice a week, and then by the end, people are loving their stories, or they have just grown in their confidence through that habit practicing, and now they are sharing for themselves, they don't care what other people think, but other people love it, and, you know, they're growing in that confidence, and they're willing to try new things, try new ideas, you know, and... I just think that's such a gift to be confident in your story and knowing that it matters and that it makes a difference to others and to yourself. Um, Like I said, it's so healing to go through and share your story. And then that brings, you know, it ties right into the connection piece of making friends within the class, but also finding your people, you know, whether it be Growing those deeper connections, like I talked about with your family and friends who are so curious and learning more, and they'll be like, I didn't know that about you, or I didn't know that about this thing, you know, and they're so curious. But also, you know, we just moved here to Raleigh and I already have friends. I'm already hanging out with people because of the internet and the connections I've made on Instagram, you know, because I always tell people, like, you can meet people in your neighborhood and might have some things in common with you, you know, and it might be a good fit. But when I meet people on Instagram, I know I automatically love them because we both follow all the same, you know, bloggers or, you know, influencers, or we listen to the same podcast, and we like the same um, artist and we just have this immediate deep connection. And I couldn't have found this person anyway else but through the internet. Um, and so building those connections in the class is so amazing. So whether, you know, you're making a friend inside the course or you're sharing your story and someone finds it and they're like, oh my gosh, we have so much in common. Let's be friends. It's really incredible. It's, it's something that is hard to explain how fun that is. Um, so if you want to join us, I would absolutely be honored if you did. Um, like I said, the course is open until Friday. So you have about three more days to decide and register. Um, we're going to jump in next week with our first coaching call to get your project all set up. So if you're worried about not having time to do it, um, there are about three live coaching calls and they will be recorded. And so if you just join us for that very first one, we set up your project, I go through everything you need to know, And you hit the ground running, ready to go. Every day in November, you're going to get an email with the prompt for you to respond to. So you actually get it a day ahead of time. So you have the whole day to kind of think about it and prep for it and look for that thing to take the photo of. Or you can use an old photo. It doesn't matter. Um, And then you share your story each day. So, you know, it can take you five minutes to take the photo, edit it. You don't have to edit it. You know, pop a little story or a list of what you're grateful for that day up on you know, Instagram, and it can be that easy. You can spend a long time working on it. If you really want to, you know, kind of hone your skills and be really, really thorough and thoughtful, you can make it as simple and easy and fun as you would like. Um, So yeah. And then at the end, I'd go live again. And I show you exactly how I create my book. I show you all the technical pieces of it. It's really, really simple. And then you hit order. Really, it's that order that easy you just hit order and that book shows up at your house and it is absolutely amazing um so i'd love for you to join us all the information is at lauren-likes.com slash gratitude and like i said use code how for a little discount and i will see you inside the class and i will see you here next month for another episode of how she creates Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com slash podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty, creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes Blog and using the hashtag HowSheCreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something.